I want to go to Matthew, the 16th chapter, and I want to give you a foundation. It's called the Jesus Series. Uh, Jesus is the head of the church. He's the king of kings. Uh, John 14, 6 declares that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that literally no one goes to the Father but through him. This rubbed against this pluralism of uh, Zeus and Hermes and all the deities of Rome and, and, and Greece and all the idolatry throughout the earth. Uh, Jesus in John chapter 10 comes in and says every other way is false. This is the way. Uh, this exclusivist word rubbed against the Roman Empire, rubs against the pluralistic, relativistic, humanistic, istics. Uh, but the reality is if a building is burning and you see a sign that says exit, you go for it. And there's a broad path that leads to destruction, and many are they that find it. And there's a narrow path, and few there are that find it. But boy, in our lifetime, I want to do everything I can to make vacant spaces in the lake of fire and fill up heaven. And since I was born, uh, when I was born, there were three million people on the earth. And now my grandkids are being born, and they're eight billion people. And uh, we visited Israel in 1978. And there were uh, three, three million people, and somebody just got back from the trip to Israel, if you imagine that, during a wartime, and uh, now there are nine million. Uh, America uh, is in a swell of growth, and uh, the Lord has great, great purposes. He set us apart and brought us into this warehouse or turned it into and converted it into a lovely church. It was, uh, it was zoned for light industrial and for uh, office, and then we got it rezoned as a church. And we gradually, incrementally bought this building, and then the next, and the next, and now we're paying off all the properties. We've got just a little bit more to go. I'd like to get it paid off this year, get it soon. It's like, I don't know, three, 3.4 million, and it's uh, 36.6 acres. We're raising funds to get a 57-foot tractor trailer to uh, feed 5,000 people in two hours. This church has a history. When it flooded in 1993, God prompted us in the direction of flood cleanup. So we became very skilled at tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, wars. The last service, I just laid hands on some of our friends we met in Kosovo, uh, Memli and Fatouche. They're going there to visit their family. And they were uh, nominal Muslim and, and from a communist environment, grew up as communists. And uh, they are both, they're radically saved, their kids are saved, and uh, now a church is flourishing in that place. We, we built a school there for the village of Harwich. Uh, we worked with the United Nations uh, High Commissioner for Refugees. We've had so much favor, so many open doors. A lot of people don't know the history and heritage of this church. But during the football years when the Rams came from L.A. to St. Louis, many of the starters came, found their way to this church. Uh, separately from each other, actually. The Con Ernie Conwell and the Warners and Isaac Bruce and Don Davis and so many of these amazing committed guys. They were loyal in our church. They were plugged in. I did a chaplaincy for them, and I got an idea to make football cards. We made six million cards. I don't, I'm veering off just to sow some vision to you. But uh, God has plans. He, you know, for a moment, he wanted us to be the flood relief church, and then he wanted us to be the football church. 
and maybe now he wants us to be the food church. I don't know, but the bottom line is like Pastor Patsy said, there are purposes for which we're set apart. And we're in such a consumer-driven society that we've got to actually get our minds adjusted because Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. So we've got to flip that consumerism on its ear and go and switch from, I'm a consumer, tell me how you're going to take care of me, to, I'm a producer, show me how I can benefit and help and contribute, right? Remember, President John F. Kennedy quoted, I think it was Caesar, who said, ask not what you can do, what your country could do for you, but what you could do for your country. The sense of entitlement that's gripped and caused everybody to be selfish and caused everybody to have a victim mentality is changed when you become born again. And instantly you become someone that's uh, going from self-centered, narcissistic, give me, give me, I, I, me, me, my, to God, here am I, send me. God, I, I'm a resource person. I'm a, I'm, now I'm the body's, my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I was once not connected, now I'm connected. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm now part of your body. I have a purpose. And God, what is it that you want me to do? What, why, why did I follow that education track? Or, or where, how, why am I where I'm at today? The devil will antagonize you. And he'll, he'll lie to you. And he'll tell you you're a day late and a dollar short. He'll belittle you because he, in fact, sees his days are numbered. He has no hope for redemption. He is not a redeemable or savable being. He's evil. He's the father of lies. You don't, the people that get in the Satanist movement during Christmas, they were putting up Satan things right next to man, mangers in the public square. You know, it's like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think he's a, a, a worthy person to follow. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He's rejected, and he generates rejection. But Jesus has drawn us. No one comes to him unless he draws them. And the whole reason that you and I are even bothering to listen to this right now is because God has reached out to us and called out to us. He sent Jesus to seek and save that which is lost. The eyes of the, of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, looking for people whose hearts are completely his, that he may strongly support them. Man looks at the outward appearance. That's why we, you know, spent uh, time beautifying the building, putting in new carpet and getting the seats all uh, steamed and making the walls look beautiful and putting up some lights. Don't you think it's nice? You, how many men have gone to the restroom? Did you notice it's completely brand new? It's beautiful. And we've tried to add to, we bought chandeliers for the ladies and you, you, because those things matter. Those things matter. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, and his eyes are running to and fro, and here we are in year beginning, and I believe God has hand-selected you, and hand-selected me, and hand-selected us, and we've brought in, been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. God has plans and purposes for each one of us, and it's okay for us to accept that. It's not hype. I'm not up here being a motivational speaker, although I hope I'm motivating you as I'm speaking. What I'm up here doing is pastoring you, uh, listening to the, the head of the church, and endeavoring to identify what God wants for this local church. And you then, as an individual, since it's Ephesians 4.16, according to the proper working of each individual part that causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love, we take responsibility. We take responsibility. 
uh, ownership. We take, we, we, we have, we have uh, market share. We have skin in the game. We have skin in the game. We're the body of Christ. And he's the head. And, and all of us have a part. This is fantastic. This inspired me because I was a disoriented person before I became a Christian. I, I, got, I, I was kind of left to my own devices as a young person. And there, there wasn't a lot of direction. And I just kind of grew up kind of feral out on the, I'd just get up in the morning to ride my Stingray bike out into the sunset, come back at night and get a, get a, a hot dog and uh, noodles Romanoff out of a box, you know. And, uh, you know, just kind of going through elementary, junior high. But then by the time I hit high school, God, if you're real, show me. And God sent real Christians to wake me up. And God put me in a good church. And God got me under a good pastor with good teaching. And I got saved and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And God downloaded key essentials in me, put me in the context of great teachers that were authentic and balanced and sound theologically. And by the grace of God, here we are. That's my introduction. Now, here's the, here's the Matthew chapter 16. Jesus gathered, similar to Chesterfield Valley, this is called Caesarea Philippi. We're Chesterfield Valley. That was Caesarea Philippi. Jesus came. Jesus came in this meeting. And he was asking his disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? What, what do some people say currently about Jesus? I saw a guy online, uh, oh, he's an enlightened master. Uh, you know, like a lot of, and he named off a number of other heads of religions. And, you know, he's just kind of like that. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you hear different opinions and Jesus, uh, as he asked the same thing, they have, well, some are of the opinion that you're the, John the Baptist. Others, you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So, see, there was variety there. It's like well, different people had different opinions. That's that pluralism. Uh, but then he narrows down and he says, okay, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter speaks up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus commends him, and he, for that matter, puts us in touch with a central truth. This, in fact, is the essence. This is the foundation of the church, the revelation that the Father gave to Peter. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood, book knowledge, logic, discussion, debate, uh, philosophy didn't reveal this to you. You didn't get this that way. But my father, you got it by revelation from God. God revealed this to you. And I want to talk to you about this just for a moment. I've only got a few minutes, but the service has already been so full. But can you give me about 12 or 15 minutes? I'm going to take more than that, but I want, can you give me? You know I have to stop because there's another service. You're geniuses of the second service. See, Jesus is putting us in touch with the essence of the potential that you and I, we, can, should, and in fact must expect uh, revelation knowledge. Everybody say revelation knowledge. Revelation. Where it's revealed to us. And, and uh, he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, you're Peter, you're Petros, and upon this rock, Petra, 
I will build my church. So he's not talking about Peter as the man being the head of the church. He's talking, Jesus is the head of the church. He's saying it's upon this rock of revelation that I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the strategies of hell or the methodologies of Satan or or the uh, uh, devices of the devil cannot, will not, and, and, and should not overpower the church. Says, I'm coming back to a glorious church, an empowered church, a strengthened church. Aren't you glad you're in something that's solid? Aren't you glad you're committing your life to something authentic? I've heard modern atheists in their aggression say, we like to shed the, 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 uh, the, the overcoat of religion uh, in 40 years, try to get this off of a generation. They're trying to, to stop the whole subject of faith. It's... it's uh, it's utopianism. It's like if we could just get rid of all this mythology and all this uh, superstition, uh, we as humanity can advance onto the higher levels. Uh, that has not, like in the words of Dr. Phil, is it working for you? You know, it, it really hasn't. Uh, uh, so we need to understand that we need God. A generation needs to boldly admit Plymouth and Jamestown and the founding of our nation, people were tired of religious oppression and bondage in Europe, and they got up and they came and they said, listen, they made, they made covenants. We're going to worship God. We're going to commit our heart to God. The French uh, uh, LaSalle came by the Mississippi River and planted a flag for the glory of God. And I'm believing that God will be glorified in where we're planted there's heritage and there's history here. I had a friend who lived into his 90s, Marlon Bates, World War II veteran. was one of the liberators of one of the concentration camps. It's one of his jobs in World War II. He grew up here. There's a, there's a cemetery with Bates headfo- headset, headphones, headsets, headstones. <laughs> that too. In, uh, in Babbler Park. And he said... When he, in the 1930s, when he was a kid, he knew the farmers that owned this plot of land. And he remembered when one time the farmer said, hey, Marlon, Marlon was working with him as a kid. He said, come here, kneel down with me. I'm going to dedicate this land to the glory of God. Marlon told me that right here. And I thought, wow, somewhere along the line, maybe right where you're sitting, they're planting row crops here in this fertile valley. And the guy takes his big brim hat off and bows down with his farmer tan and his humility and his Christian commitment, and he commits the land to the glory of God. I, I now look and see, God, that's how you, you, you got us here. You planted us here. There's, there's purpose in it. We don't always see it. It doesn't always tie together. It does not seem to correlate. But God has a plan. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. Oh, how dare you apply that verse to the New Testament days? Easy. It was applied in the Old Testament by Jeremiah for the people that were in exile and bondage for 70 years of Babylonian captivity. And if it works for them, how much more will it work in the new covenant inaugurated by better promises? 
It's absolutely appropriate to take that verse because, in fact, God does do that on a minute-by-minute basis. He causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. His eyes are on you. His purposes are in you. The plan of God is coming to pass. He watches over his word to perform it. So we jam-pack the word into our church. We jam-pack the word into our kids. We jam-pack the word into ourselves. And as we meditate on it day and night, We'll make our way prosperous and we'll have good success. How many of you are interested in seeing breakthrough instead of breakdown? Healing in our land instead of bondage and oppression. Abundance instead of depletion. Health instead of sickness, right? My God shall supply all of our needs. Well, what happened to Peter? He said, blessed are your eyes. He said, Proverbs 20, verse 12. Here's what Proverbs 20, verse 12 says about this. And he, he says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. The hearing ear. He said, Jesus would say, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. There was even a prerequisite in a place. Those who came to hear were healed. Uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. I mean, I've learned as a husband, listening is really important. I've tried to teach my kids listening. My teachers, I had really smart teachers in elementary school that started to talk quiet when everybody got rambunctious and people started to pay attention to the whisper. They were genius. They never really yelled. And some of them would say, how many, hand, how many fingers do I have up? One, two, and then everybody, part, like, and, and, and God is saying that to us right now. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Let's lean into it. I, I, I really uh, uh, admire Native American uh, life before colonization and just the ideas of how they did what they had with, and built what they had, the, the mounds and all the things, even in our own community. I'm so aware of it where we live, this, this had a huge population. And among the many things, and back in the, in the days when there were so many American bison, uh, they, I was told that, that the braves would lay on the ground and they'd listen for the distant hoof pounding of their prey. And, and, uh, and, and I, 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 it looks like God is wanting us to get our ear to his heart and lean into, what, what would you have me do, Lord? What are you saying right now? There's so many voices, and they're all significant. The other day, yesterday actually, my wife had on the screen with a mute the news, all six news channels. And they were all muted. So I watched this news network, this this. And I, it was amazing that they, their little ticker tape things were all fighting against each other. Even the Weather Channel was fighting. <laughs> even the Weather Channel was fighting. They were all fighting. I thought, Weather Channel, you're not even political. Come on, just tell us the weather. <clears throat> right? So we've got to push past the minutia, and we've got to learn the master's voice. And in John chapter 10, he says, my sheep know my voice. 
And he said, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. This will make us deception proof. I mean, I'm watching whole networks trying to move people toward mind science or away from the word of God and trying to seduce people. And I have confidence as a pastor that the Lord himself is, it will really have a say about preventing deception from coming on each one of us as individuals, us as a church. I prayed over by that window right there. I came against false teaching, and I, and I said, God, I just want to help me to uh, speak your word accurately, and, to, and I want to be sensitive to that. James chapter 3 says, Let not many of you be teachers, brethren, knowing that a teacher will incur a stricter judgment. So I'm super, super aware of that and have been the whole time I've been in ministry. But I'm also aware that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and that when Peter got this revelation, it's available to us too. And he will bring a spirit of wisdom and a revelation. So let's go now to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Since we know the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. Come on. Hallelujah. And Ephesians chapter 1, oh, let's look at this. I, I, I may finish with this uh, but because I have to, but it's so good. I'm talking about revelation. And this is what I pray for you guys. You just have a second. Listen to this. In verse 15, for this reason, I too, uh, have, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for the, for the saints. Glorious things are spoken of you. You're walking by faith. You're walking in love. God bless you. That was an excellent sneeze. It's drama around here. That was, that was drama. <clears throat> I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Thank you, God. Thank you for St. Louis Family Church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, for their commitments. Thank you, God, for their fighting the good fight of faith. Thank you, God, that lady over there overcame that infection. Thank you, God, that man over there overcame cancer. Thank you, God, that couple restored after they had such conflict and things were so sour. Thank you, God, for helping the young family when they got the attack of their life and they leaned on you and they trusted you and you were faithful to them and now they're following through on it. They're not just fair weather. They're going the distance with God now because you, were pre you went the distance with them. They're going to walk with you the rest of their lives because you showed yourself strong on their behalf. Thank you, God, that you delivered us from the flood of 93, and now 30-plus years later, we've helped so many people in so many situations and have such an anointing on us for it. Thank you, God, that when we had a sports team pass through town, you gave us an operation, an opportunity to share the gospel on a platform in a, in a credibility moment on the, on, the, on the crest of such testimony, on the moment, a window, an open door. And, God, you open a door no man can shut. You opened a door for Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles. You're opening a door of faith on the internet, a door of faith in our community, in America and the nations, Europe and Asia and the world. Yeah. Last service, Chinese national sitting in the meeting with her headphone, listening to the translation of my preaching. She got baptized here. She's listening to the word. God is doing exceeding abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. We have such a growing, beautiful population of people from India. I spoke to a lady across the street. I realized there are more, higher percentage, there, there's a higher population in India than there even is in China. And, and she talked about, I, you know, I just, I thought, God, it, 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 you know, 
the, the, the city council representative of Ward 4 comes to our ladies' breakfast and has for years, and, and she asked us to pray for her, and she said, do you realize there's a higher concentration of, 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 of international expression in our community than anywhere else in the entire state? I thought, God is bringing the nations to us. It makes sense to me that God would have this be a focus and a marker for this local church that the, that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God in every place. What happened in Caesarea Philippi is happening in Chesterfield Valley, that God's bringing a spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. Look at this. He says, I, for this reason I pray. And he says that, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. When Babylon took over Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and for 70 years took them hundreds of miles away and put them in bondage and changed their clothes and haircuts and names and food, and it, it, they could not, however, disrupt their heart for God. And the, what the prophets were saying, oh, it'll, have, it'll come by fast and they'll come back, and there were false prophets giving false assurances, and Jeremiah had to come in and say, don't listen to that. He said, it's going to be 70 years. It, you know, but then he told them what to do. And he didn't tell them to get a bunch of conspiracy theories and get mad at everybody. He didn't tell them to become haters. Didn't tell them to hold the Babylonians in contempt. He said, get married, have babies, raise your babies to uh, find mates and get married, have grandbabies, build houses. And, and uh, th this, in fact, is how the Lord dealt with me at the beginning of the pandemic. When I'm hearing people say all kinds of stuff, and there's so many voices. In Mark chapter 4, it says, be careful of what you listen to. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given besides. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we're to cast down imaginations and, and, and every thought that is opposed to the knowledge of God. And we're to bring every thought uh, uh, into captivity and we're to hold and get our minds renewed uh, and, and get our affections on him and get our focus on him and get calibrated for the upcoming days. 2024, we're going to experience wonderful things. Change is here to stay. But there's a kingdom which cannot be shaken, and we have a solid foundation. Can I hear a hallelujah? <laughs> On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. There are elegant widows in here that lost their loved ones after decades and decades. They're sweethearts. They're, they're companions. And what are they doing? They're not... Uh, they're not ignoring it. They're not denying it. They've cried hot tears, but yet they're pressing on into the next season of their life. The, the greater one lives in them, and because of that, they have an indefatigable faith. We are more than conquerors. And God knows where we're at. He knows when we're on fire, and he knows when we're, when we're just dull. He knows when we're reading our Bibles. He knows when we're not. And yet, fascinating how much he loves us. It's because, look, this, in fact, is not performance-based. So you already know you're loved by God. That'll make you want to improve your performance. You walk in a manner worthy of the calling, and you walk by faith and not by sight. Because you know God is already loving you, and he's already accepted you, and he already has his hand on you, and he's for you and not against you. Did you realize that? 
Take a deep breath and say, well, thank God for that. I pray the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance and the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power that works toward us who believe? You know, I talked about our belief system, and I'll close with this. I've got a Christian worldview. I've got a biblical worldview. Actually, I have a Judeo-Christian worldview. So when I get around my rabbi friends and my Jewish friends that are observant, we relate because our, we're rooted in the Word of God. And uh, the, the values that come from and the do's and the don'ts that come from and the parameters that come from that is what forged Western civilization. And that's why Satan hates it and he's trying to disrupt it. And, but yet, we have the kingdom of God within us. We've got our bearings from the word of God. And he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And uh, listen to this. God gives the seeing eye and he gives the hearing ear. Um, in, in Proverbs, we'll finish with Proverbs chapter 4. I didn't, use, I didn't share this in the first service. This is just for you. We'll finish with this. You said, Pastor Jeff, you said I'll finish with this with four things already. I'm being true to that, and I will finish. Verse 20 through 27. My son, give attention. How many of you ever have heard from your mate, would you please pay attention? How many of you husbands know listening is important? Oh, you're not going to raise your hand for that because you, you've been denying it all along, but it's, we, listening is important. You guys here? Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. I have found God's word to be medicine. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. All your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. That's the word of the Lord today. And God wants our eyes to be fixed on him. He wants us to gaze at him, meditate on him day and night, trusting that he's going to bring his purposes to pass and reveal key things to your, about your future. Put your hands on your heart with me as we finish. Every woman, every man, every child, every visitor, every long-distance runner, battle-weary, enthusiastic, battling symptoms, overcoming anxieties, worries. I break depression and fear. God, I thank you. I come against any kind of thing the enemy would try to steal, kill, and destroy. God, I come against suicidal thoughts over anybody, and I pray they stay in the flow all the way to the fullness of the call that's on their life. They don't get discouraged. They don't give up. They don't shrink back. And God, I pray a stirring we make room for Jesus in our, our lives. Jesus, 
How many of you have made Jesus the Lord of your life? Say amen. amen. If, you, if you couldn't say amen, say it now and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I'll follow you in 2024. I'll serve you today. As for me and my house, my loved ones, my work environment, my neighborhood, I'm trusting you, God, to do a great work in and through each of us. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart full of faith. Help me, Lord, to follow through on all your purposes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up on our feet. God bless you. Happy New Year. It's 1047. Listen, I've asked my friend Paul Chase to come up to speak at our church this next weekend. Paul is such a blessing. I've known him since 1978. He and his wife pioneered over 200 churches in Southeast Asia. He's one of the best speakers that we've had come through here. He's been here many, many times. And I want to encourage you to come next week, believe in God for great things. Good news from a distant land, a thoughtful, deep, solid man of God with a quality message. Listen, nudge somebody next to you and say, I have ears to hear. God bless you as you go. Have a great day. See you outside.